Hello and welcome to the Empire of the Cup podcast. We've been having some technical issues here today, uh, but we're just going to go dive straight into the Arsenal game and the opening goal from Diogo Jota. We had with us here today, Peter Kenny-Jones, Steve Carson and Dave Trainer from Dave's LFC chat. We'll get to the depths. Uh, shortly, we have to talk about um, the Jota goal as well, because I mean, there was a lot of elements that I think some may have missed um, at the time. You've obviously got Mane's uh, movement to sort of drag uh, Ben White out uh, of position, and that opens a space then for Thiago to lay it down for Diogo Jota to get the goal right before he subbed off uh, Steve. Which um, I mean. It- I mean, for me, it just seems an almost a typical Jota performance. You get, you know, you get sort of everyone going, "Oh, he's having a bit of a stinker here. Take him off, take him off quickly." And then he goes off and scores the goal. And you have to feel a bit bad for him, having been brought off right after. Yeah, I mean, I was I was one of those people. Don't get me wrong, I'm not calling for people to get hooked when they're having a bit of a bad game. But you know, I thought Jota had a bit of a quiet game, and it was coming up to the 60th minute. I was thinking, yeah, now was about the time that you'd probably be looking to make a bit of a change. So. You know, yeah, I was I was in that um, same camp as well. But I mean, what Liverpool did. I mean, like Pete and Dave have both rightly said. You know, Arsenal obviously very good team and a very good run of form at the minute. So the fact that we managed to turn them over so professionally, you know, is is, is testament to to us and, and Jurgen Klopp's uh, ability to pick players off the bench and, like you say, there the depth. Um, but. I think the, the the key thing for Liverpool that we had was that there was individual moments of just star quality that was like meshed together. Like if you look at the Jota goal, it doesn't happen. Like you said there about Mane rushing Ben White out, out the way. But then Thiago's assist, which was similar to the assist he almost gave Lacazette at the other end. But we forget about that because it didn't happen. But again, another moment of star quality from Alisson to stop that from happening. Now, admittedly, Van Dijk was behind Alisson to probably stop it as well. But, you know, we, we turned a horrible situation and we seemed to deal with it very calmly. But, yeah, I mean, these moments are brilliant. You say, you know, Thiago playing in Jota and then Jota managing to score a goal out of very little. And then for the second goal, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit more in depth in a minute, um, Robertson's continually pressing towards that left-hand side and then delivering that cross in just on a dime for Firmino and Firmino doing what he does best and just them tricky feet from really tight spaces. And it's just, it's brilliant. And again, yeah, you know, it just shows the sort of, like I say, that star quality that we've got at the club. It's great. No, 100% a long mate. Continue, Dave. I can't resist, you know, one last um, sort of, the question for, on the Arsenal game, because it was such a tremendous game. It was a tremendous opponent uh, before we move on to the next subject. Um, I want to come back to depths because you know, obviously you've got you know, Bobby Firmino coming back on. Many had sort of resigned themselves, I suppose, to the fact that Jota's come in and taken his place. But he comes on get and gets the you know, goal and you know, the way fans are absolutely bouncing at the Emirates. Uh, I, I suppose my question is, you know, what sort of really stood out for you see, this season? Because we've got players... You know, in the first team, you know, you look at, you know, Alisson Becker, Thiago Alcantara, Jean Matip have really sort of stood out this season, Jean Matip in particular. Um, but then also, you know, there's a strong, strong case to be made about the depth at our disposal. Klopp has come out and talked about this being um, one of the, the best squad he's ever had available. So is, is it more of a question of the depth we have available? Or is it just a lot also, you know, the quality we have in the starting 11 really shining through? 
Yeah, I think Klopp is not mad about talking about starting 11s. I think he likes talking about the group, maybe the 20, 24 players, you know, and he doesn't like sig- signal out players, you know, even Manny, world-class players, Salah, Van Dijk, Alisson, Fabinho, just rolling off the tongue here, by the way. You know, he doesn't like talking about first 11, and that's the thing for Liverpool. I think that's why we're so good. We're like, we're like a family group, we're like a class in primary school. We're all friends. Well, some of us, we're all friends, and we get on so well. I think that carries itself through for the season. I mean, we've more depth than the Marianas Trench at the moment. I mean, we've Klopp's probably never had, never had his better team. This is this is the team. This is probably what he's wanted. Diaz has been huge for us as well. He's given us a boost in January. No one really seen it coming. We've been talking about him for about a year now, but did we really see him coming in in January? Our hands were forced. We brought him in. He's just given us so much going forward now. Let's us rest players. I mean, he's probably even forced name on the bloody He's probably first name on the team sheet now at this stage. He's hard to leave out. I I, I mean, Klopp, Matip as well. You mentioned Matip there. Oh my God, that guy is, is outshining Van Dijk at the moment. I mean, he's unbelievable. He has just Absolutely. been unbelievable. Let's touch what he stays fit because his problems were was um, injuries and stuff like that. But he has just come on leaps and bounds uh, this season. He, he's proper, proper player. Um, so I think it's... It's basically the team as a collective. I think it's, it's it's everything added together. It's not just one or two things. It's a lot of things mixed into a nice little stew. And it's just all coming right at the moment. And if you have a man stewing the pot like Jurgen Klopp, you can't go wrong. Absolutely. Well said. And, and certainly one uh, member of that team who's proven very important to Liverpool Football Club over the years, of course, is uh, Mo Salah. You know, his future's up in the air at the moment, uh, uh, Pete, the word is out that apparently talks have broken down in December. There hasn't been much in the way of discussion uh, since overextending his contract, which is, of course, due to expire in the summer of 2023. It seems quite a while away, but it's uh, closer than many of us uh, realise. Uh, uh, does that sort of imply that you know he's out the door or do you, do you still see this you know getting resolved? I think I think a lot of people were... Well, I, certainly I was... I was still probably believe that we will be able to get him sorted. I think it, it can be a power play from the club and we can trust the fact that, oh, as I've said before, we can trust the fact that we're one of the best clubs in the world and there's no ideal place for him to move. Otherwise, there's nowhere he can go and say, well, they're definitely better than us because we are as good as anyone in Europe. Obviously, Man City have probably got the biggest claim to say they're better than us, but obviously winning that Champions League is what's going to stop them. And he, he's won whatever he could have ever wanted to win with us. It's just how he gets that Ballon d'Or and scores those goals probably. And then maybe for his agent, how he gets that X amount of money. But, you know, I think Klopp said um, recently, you know, we're trying to push all the contracts back now. You know, we've got nine games left, two and a half months, two months left this season. There's bigger things to focus on. You know, if Salah leaves, Salah leaves, you know, if we were big enough to give Wijnaldum a, a big sending off, then we should do the same for him. No matter what he does, and you know, no one's bigger than the club and we can move on. We proved yesterday that we didn't need him, you know, as much as he was he was good. We we had four other options and I don't think he outperformed Firmino or Jota and you know, probably as good as the others. And that's again no slight on Salah and no slight on the others. We just was as we've just discussed, we finally got options and strength and depth. So I think we're in a powerful position and you'd think that we would be able to finance a replacement. But it can all get pushed back. And as long as if, if he scores a goal every game for the next two and a half months, scores the winner in nine league games, you know, I, I wouldn't be upset or I wouldn't be angry with him for leaving. Maybe I would be upset, but you know, I think he'd still get a good send it off. And it's just about biding our time and you know, 
using the power play if we want. And if he goes, he goes. But that's just while we've got him, let's go and win every trophy we can win. And and whatever happens, happens. Absolutely. I mean, Steve, with regard to his contract, does it strengthen our hand to wait for the for the summer? I know the perception is, of course, that you know you're looking there a year from when his contract um, will expire. It's going to invite a lot of interest. But then you sort of do look at, you know, we have to keep looking at the, the, the clubs that are around us and that are close to Liverpool's level, because let's be honest, you know, this current Liverpool team, um, you know, Manchester City obviously stands out, perhaps Bayern Munich. Beyond that point, though, it gets a bit difficult to discern. I mean, nobody's really sort of close to that sort of level. You can see a few sort of a tier below. Um, but I suppose, does it sort of, put him to perspective perhaps for Salah and, and, and his agent that you really don't want to be leaving Liverpool because your options are either a rival or going to the Bundesliga. Yeah, I think it's an interesting interesting talking point. Um, certainly, you know, Mohamed Salah, um, it's, it's unclear. Obviously, there's a lot of talk in the papers at the minute, no doubt driven by agents. Uh, we've seen this though with uh, Jordan Henderson's contract situation as well, and that ended up just being all fluff in the end anyway. Um, so it's a lot of talk at the minute, but um, it's it's definitely an interesting, you know, thing to think about um, in regards to you know if Salah leaves, you know, it's something for him to think about as well. What's going to happen from here? Gini Van Alden leaves Liverpool at you know at the high point of his career, and obviously. It seemed like he he wanted to stay for you know and for whatever reason he's he's been moved on the club's deemed it you know whatever X Y Z he's moved on and it's not worked out too well for him at Paris Saint Germain and that that was the case for Zerdan Shakiri when he moved to Lyon obviously he's moved for different reasons Shakiri couldn't really get a game you know but the grass very rarely is greener when you leave Liverpool uh, history has said this. I can't think of I could I couldn't count on two hands the amount of players in the last twenty years that have left Liverpool and fared better for doing so. So I think definitely it's something for Salah to uh, to, to consider. Um, but I've got a feeling that it's more a case of talking to his agents than anything else. I imagine he's the one chasing the figures. He's the one chasing the money. I think Mohamed Salah. If you said you know, listen, you can stay at this club, you'll be loved. You know, you continue on this legacy that you put forward. I don't think it would be too hard to convince him. I'm sure we'll see over time what happens. Um, but at the end of the day, like Pete said, if if Salah you know knuckles down over the next few months, which he has been doing, you know, he's, he's you know his head's not dropped in the slightest. Whatever's going on behind the scenes, um, if he still he's putting in his performances and helping us achieve our goals, then if he leaves the club in in a way that you know, we could go out with a bang with the Champions League or the Premier League, um, FA Cup, the quadruple. Um, or even if he stays until the end of his contract and, you know, sees it out and moves on to somewhere where he just, you know, gets a late payday in his career. Like obviously, I think Salah could probably go till he's 35, 36 quite easily. So I think it'd be a shame to lose him when he's still, you know, so young. But um, if he does move on, you know, I'd wish him nothing but the best. And I just have my fingers crossed that he doesn't try and fancy him his chances at the Etihad. And if he does leave, it's it's to a Paris Saint-Germain or a Real Madrid or a Bayern Munich. But, I mean, it goes without saying, I want him to stay. I hope it all gets worked out. I mean, that's the point that sort of almost hurts the most. It's, it's the reality that, you know, barring a serious injury in his mid-30s, he's, he's probably going to be at that level um, up until his mid-30s, re- realistically. I, I, I mean, you just look at those. I, I just, I mean, I personally couldn't see him going 
to arrive. I think if he's gone, he's gone to a different league. I mean, you know, just, I mean, that's maybe wishful thinking, but I just think with the relationship he's got with the Liverpool fans, I mean, there was, there's that clip of Bobby going over to celebrate with the away, with the travelling support. Uh, and you sort of see Mo just having a little, you know, loving little look at the fans celebration. I just think, you know, that's, that's not, that's not a player that I think, you know, I mean, I felt that way before <laughs> other players have been burnt, but I just think that's not a player that's, you know, looking for a move to a rival. But, I want to focus on that point you've made about the grass not being greener because you're absolutely right to bring it up. Gina Wijnaldum, Emre Shan being the two sort of prominent examples. Philip Coutinho, of course, Klopp famously said, you know, you stay here, they'll, they'll build a statue in honour. You'll go to Barcelona, you're just another player. If anything, it turned out so much worse. Um, but, you know, looking at those examples, Dave, I mean, I mean do you think he's, him and his agent are going to seriously consider, you know, this pri- the, the historical evidence on offer? Or, or do you think they're sort of going to go, look, you're a good enough player. You, you've been arguably the world's best player this year. You can do it anywhere. Yeah, I, I think, oh, we did forget Suarez, of course. He went to Atletico Madrid and won the league. Actually, he was brilliant that season for him. So there is a, an odd few little things there. But I think the Salah situation is very, very interesting. The little seven laughing emojis um, aside from his, his uh, agent. I, I think it's about self-worth. I think it's about self-worth for Salah. Uh, what he feels he's worth. I'm not on about the 350 or 400,000 a week that they're talking about and stuff like that. I think he's worth that anyway. You know, let's be real. Liverpool's a business. They look at it business-wise. They cold, you know, they won't look at it any other way. But I, I think he signs for us. I think in the summer he'll sign a long-term contract. But I really do think, Salah, it's about self-worth and what the club think he's worth and what he feels he's worth. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, the agents would be in his ear, I'm sure, like all agents are, and his, his group around them would be in his ear, his friends and his family, and saying, you're you're worth more than your 280 a week or whatever you're on, but you're worth double that or you're worth... And they're probably pointing out two or three players in the Premier League, like the KDB and some other players, Pogba on half a million a week and going, hold on for a second, you know. So you get all that. But I, I don't think Salah's a money man anyway. He's a family man. He's a just man, he's he's a humble man. I don't think I I don't think it'll come down to money. I think Salah will sign. I'm hoping he does because he absolutely. If he goes to another Premier League team, it'll ruin his legacy. To be fair, if he goes to City, he might as well forget about it. All the good work he's done will go out the window. He cannot stay in the Premier League if he does. But um, I think he will do it. The big question is, will club follow? <laughs> Hopefully, but um, yeah, no, I think Salah will. I think Salah will uh, sign the deal. And um, but as I say, it's about self worth for Salah, and I think he is worth, he's worth whatever we're willing to get him and more because he's been absolutely brilliant for us. Brilliant. I think this is the thing. When initially the story sort of initially came out, I think you know among, amongst many Liverpool fans, I was a bit sort of livid with Liverpool. I was like you know this is this is you know one of the best players we've ever had. You know, he, he rightfully by the end of his contract will stake a claim probably to the greatest um, all-time Liverpool eleven that there is that we can think of. Um, but you know, as, as things have gone on, you know, you, you get more in the position of you can understand where the club is coming from. You know, we built the wage structure in place. You look at the examples, you know, uh, over the pond, the sort of Barcelona and how you know. And, an unhinged uh, transfer of yeah. wage structure sort of results in financial calamity. Um, and again, you, like you like you've rightly mentioned, you know, with Mo, it, it is about self, you know, it, feeling worthwhile and feeling um, appreciated by the club. And you can you can certainly appreciate where he's coming from there. Um, but speaking of Barcelona, <laughs> um, one one of a I'm going to say a bizarre story has popped up uh, with Liverpool having reportedly made a contract offer to Barcelona's hot shot teenager uh, Gavi amounted to £100,000 per week. This comes from 
uh, Gerard, uh, Romero is obviously coming to the end of his contract uh, this summer, I believe. Um, but uh, given that, you know, you're looking at sort of what Salah's on, uh, seems a bit unlikely, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it's hard to know. You know it's all paper talk, isn't it? You, know, you never know how to take any of these things. But I think, you know, if he's decent enough and, you know, we Barcelona, we know they can produce a few decent players, don't we? And, and if it's coming off to a point where we can just offer a contract and maybe think longer term, you know, if it's, because I saw 100 grand a week and if we see that and, we get him, he's only 17, 18, you get him on a five-year deal, you know, he could be worth that money if we're not paying much otherwise for him. So you, you never know what's going to happen. And it seems more of an FSG signing than it does given Salah 400 grand a week at normally he's 29. So, you know, maybe it's a way to appease fans if you get a, a young kid in from Barca, but it, it's hard to know because they're not what they were and they're definitely you know, not performing to a level that they would have. And if it was a better side, he would have had less game time. But, you know, if you look back to like maybe the likes of Cesc Fabregas when Arsenal got him younger, that worked for them. So why not take a risk? You know, I'm sure if the scouts have watched them and they think it's the right person, they don't often get it wrong, do they? So, you know, and at the moment where, you know, as we've discussed with the Salah deal, we're, we're one of, if not the best teams in Europe. So why not? If, if he's out, he's available and he's that good, maybe it is worth it. It's just obviously up to what Klopp and and his scouting department thinking, you know, yeah, I'll back them, whatever they want to do. If, he, if he, they think he's worth 200 grand a week, then he's worth that to me as well. So, yeah, it's probably just a, a wait and see, isn't it? But yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm obviously keeping an eye out for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Steve, like, like Pete said, I think if, I mean, by this point, if you don't trust um, the recruiters at Liverpool, you're absolutely foolish, uh, given the quality they've brought in. Luis Diaz, you know, it looks like we're in safe hands with Julian War too, which is an absolute relief given the, the Titan we're losing in Michael Edwards. But I mean, I, I think, it, I mean, obviously highly rated player, you know, he's got a, a handful of appearance for the Spanish national side already at 17 years of age. Um, but I think my main concern is more, you know, you sign him on five-year contract, let's say hundred grand a week. Um, and then, you know, gets towards the end of that, you know, 21, 22, you're thinking, oh, you know, you, you've really improved. You're one of the top sort of midfielders of your generation. Um, and the lad goes, give me a double. <laughs> or give me more uh, reasonably depending on how good he is you know given the, the current concerns we're having you know with Salah and obviously Salah's 29 that's a difference we're going to get a player you know in his peak uh, rather than, than Gavi presumably uh, 21 22 years down the line um who you know will want more if he is you know at that, at that point in time uh, a quality midfielder yeah, I mean, if we play Devers Africa and assume that Liverpool are interested in Gavi uh, to the extent that has been reported, um, then yeah, I mean, it's it puts the club in a situation where you could have something similar to what's happening with Mbappe now. We could be leaving. He looks very likely to leave PSG on a free transfer and he's, you know, arguably the next best thing in the world if he's not already at that point, um, which, you know, I'd say he's, he's, in the, he's in the conversation of the top five in the world at least. Um, yeah, it opens yourself up to that kind of situation but you know like Pete said sometimes these players opportunities can come along and you've got to snap up these young players while you can because in, if we were to give him hypothetically speaking a five year contract and he rides that until he's 22 um, you know if we've got a quality player there like you see the likes of Harvey Elliott now 
Uh, obviously, Elliot's tied down for a number of years and he'll be in a similar position as well when he's in his early 20s where he could obviously just turn around and say to the club, this is what I want and it's magnitude to what, he, what he's on now, um, which could be fair enough. Um, but yeah, obviously, it does put the player in a bit of a strong position, but they have to perform for those years as well, which benefits the club, which kind of harks back to what uh, Pete was saying before about Mo Salah. Uh, the most important thing is that while you've got the player, they perform for you. If they've got, if they want to move on somewhere else, you know, I think uh, Klopp's uh, at least hinted at it, if not said it explicitly in the past. You know, he, he doesn't want a player who doesn't want to play for Liverpool. So if at the end of those five years the player's kicking up a bit of a fuss, let him go. Doesn't matter. We've said before, grass isn't always been when you leave Liverpool. Sometimes it is for some players. You know, they've mentioned there uh, Suarez. There are players that have stood out. I haven't, you know, improved uh, or gone on and, you know, found success elsewhere. So these things are football, but I mean, just to speak on the actual validity of the Gavi rumours anyway, I'm not too sure if I buy them at the minute. I think it's a very easy, um, you know, two, la- two dots to line together. You know, as Pete said there, it seems like a very FSG sign and it is sort of like, you know, young player can get on a, you know, a cheap deal. Um, it's sort of similar to the likes of Harvey Elliott. And obviously, we've been linked to Fulham's Cavallo. It's sort of, it's in that ballpark. Obviously, we're talking about a, a special player, a player who's played games for Barcelona at the top level, played for the Spanish national team. He's still 17 years of age. That is ridiculous. But the source for the rumour is very, very close to Barcelona, which makes, makes me a little bit sceptical of it. Um, if it was coming from someone like Fabrizio Romano or even someone on Liverpool's side, like James Pearce or Neil Jones, I'd be more tempted to bite at the rumour. But I'm just sort of going to stay a little bit sceptical of it for now. Uh, I'm not too sure what's going on. I'm just taking a step back. I'm not going uh, to believe in it too much. But yeah, these things happen in football. You know, transfers are fickle. It is what it is. Some scepticism from Steve there, and uh, certainly not without good reason. Uh, but hypothetically, uh, David, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much you've seen of, of Gavi at Barcelona, uh, but would you be inclined to sort of wait for the summer for a potential contract expiration? Or do you reckon it's, you know, one Liverpool, if they are genuinely interested, should be moving in and shooting their shot early? If they're interested, they're already in there. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> Liverpool don't sit, you know, I, I know you could say the same about Diaz. We made, That was a different type of thing. That was literally a Spurs moved. And within a few, I think I was talking to James Pearce like two weeks ago and he was saying, I think it was on the Tuesday, Liverpool found out about that Spurs had put a bid in and bang, by Thursday night, they were flying over to Portugal. Like it was, that was a bit unusual, I thought, for Liverpool to, to re- react like that. The Cavallo one as well. I'm hoping that one goes through. That, that's interesting. This one I don't know much about. I, I think it's, there's not enough meat on the bone for me with this one. But back to the point about if, if that young lad did sign for us, but he looks any decent player at Barca, he looks like the next big team. If he did sign for us, on a five-year and he was 22 or 23 and looking for more money, that means he's had a good few seasons with us and that is a good position to be in and that would be a position I'd like to be in because that means that he's 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 been, you know, he's been very successful with us and if he's looking for more money, mostly, you know. Um, so, I don't, yeah, I don't know about this one too much, um, whether it's true or not, uh, but the Carvalho one is interesting and hopefully that one gets done because a similar situation, as you know, Michael Edwards is leaving pretty soon in the summer Julian Ward's coming in obviously the next big thing and hopefully is a nice transition there I'm sure it will be a big a nice transition but it is an FSG type sign and that's the only thing I have a caveat on this one from Barcelona because he has, he has the profile of an FSG signing but we'll wait and see I'm not 100% about it at the moment 
Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, one to keep an eye on, certainly, Gavi at Barcelona, top, top talent. Um, for now, though, of course, we've got a, a clash in the FA Cup quarterfinals against Nottingham Forest to look forward to. Um, for our viewers, of course, the last time we played against Forest, it was a two-all draw at the city ground in the English top flight. But back in the FA Cup, uh, we met them in 1989, and it was a 3-1 win for Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, Pete, do you reckon it'll be a, a big one for the Reds? Well, I think he's going to probably go strong. You know, we've got the international break going after. I think probably the lads who aren't going away with an international team might get a game. Obviously, we're hoping to get everyone back fresh to come and attack the, the final section of the season. So I reckon, obviously, Bobby's not been picked for Brazil and like Sir James Milner, and that will probably play. But I think he's got, there's no reason not to go strong. You know, obviously, you never know what's going to happen with an international break, but it does feel like a week off for, for those fans who are maybe aren't watching anything else. So it's just about making sure we win. Obviously, you can make quite a few subs in the Cups and that, so we can hopefully bring them off when we've won. But yeah, I think he'll go pretty strong. And I think it's just about you know, getting to Wembley again and just the momentum of this. You know, I think ordinarily we might think, oh, let's just concentrate the league and the Champions League. But I think it would be a massive blow if we did manage to lose, especially given, you know, being a championship opposition. So it's just going to be don't mess this up not stupid just go on professional performance like we do every week and just try and get ourselves in the half of the next round same same memo as it'll be for when we get the Champions League quarterfinal draw sorted it's just all about keeping the winning going and keeping that momentum up and hopefully we yeah just get ourselves in the next round and get another trip to Wembley which would be nice We'd all love that. I mean, I mean, Steve, it's an interesting point, Peter, because because I mean, generally, and given the quality of opposition we face, with all due respect to Nottingham Forest, um, we'd be rotating the side a bit, you know, giving some youngsters some runouts, giving the likes of uh, Costa Simicas, uh, Minamino a go, Divacariki, of course, who's, who's been absolutely superb uh, from the bench for us um, all season. Um, but you know, as rightly mentioned, there is the international rate coming up. So, does that for you? really change how we're going to set up? Yeah, to be honest with you, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think Jürgen's going to go full strength against Nottingham Forest. Uh, I think he will recognise that he might as well sort of leave some of his key stars on the bench, particularly ones uh, that have played a lot of games uh, lately. Uh, we're talking about Alex of uh, Mo Salah, uh, who seems to be, you know, relentless at the minute. Um, some of the midfielders, defenders, obviously, we could, you know, like you just mentioned there, Simicast could be a bit of rotation back there. Good, good chance for Callagher to get back in goal as well. It'd be good to see him back in the cup. I think he more than deserves to, to, to continue featuring the Cups for Liverpool. I think it'd be great to see him there again. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be a bit of a mix and match. I think we're going to have a, a good mix of... Um, it's going to be stronger than what I think Nottingham Forest would have got had there not have been a international break. Um, but, you know, Nottingham Forest... It's it's nice it's nice to come up against a club that has actually won you know a good number of European cups which you don't usually get in the FA Cup, um, and it's not a team that we naturally hate the likes of United and Chelsea. It's a team that I feel somewhat neutral towards, um, so that's you know it's it's a nice change of pace. But they will be banged up for it, and so will our fans. It's going to be one of the biggest games they've had in in years. It'll be some of the biggest games their players will have played in their career. Um, it's going to be a huge affair for them and it would be daft if Liverpool took it lightly. So yeah, I think it'll be a strong team, but I think there'll be a few of those key players that have played quite a few games of late that'll be given um, a bit of time off. 
a huge, huge game uh, for Forest. But um, again, carrying some magnitude for Liverpool too, Dave. I mean, we get past this and, you know, we're through to the semi-finals, the FA Cup, you know, we're, we're getting closer to silverware in the Champions League. We're a points behind City, nine league games to go. Every single one of these games will be a final. Jurgen Klopp's own words as replicated by his own players. I mean, it, it, it's, it's getting exciting isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. Listen, I think he goes strong. I think he goes quite strong. I think it, because of the international break as well, I think that's another reason why he goes stronger than he usually would go. I think even most starts, I really do. I think most starts against um, Forest this weekend. They're a decent side, Forest. Um, we know what they did to Arsenal. They are very good that day. Um, the crowd will be up for it. The old school English ground. I was actually in that ground before. It's a real old school ground uh, at County Ground. So, look, I think, I think Liverpool, as you say, semi semi uh, final. It's at Wembley semi final, is it? Is a neutral ground semi at Wembley? Yeah, I, think I believe it is, so. Yes. It? Yeah. So for me, it's absolutely it's huge, and it's just about continuity for Liverpool. Don't want to slip up here, one step away, two steps away from another final, another domestic final. So I can I can see Liverpool going very strong against Forest, and it's exciting times. League Cup in the back pocket, quarterfinals, FA Cup. One point behind Manchester City. Champions League draw tomorrow. Quarterfinals. I mean, what a time to be a Red Lads. What a time. The quadruple hopes remain very, <laughs> very much alive. I know, I know we I know it's we talk about it. And you sort of want to wince a little and go, you know, things. Don't but, mention you know. it. <laughs> but it's exciting. It is exciting. I, I mean, Dave, before we sort of finish off, I mean, how where do you stand on score predictions? Because we, we've had some guests. I'm pretty good, actually. I'm pretty pretty good. good. Okay, I should work for Paddy Power on that good. Go on anyway. <laughs> go on then. Go on then. What, what, are you, what are you feeling for this one? For for Forest, uh, 2 1 Liverpool. 2-1 Liverpool, straight to the straight point. Straight out, straight out, 2-1. We love to see it, we love to see it. Pete, how about you? you, you you've been a fan of the big ones, so are we going to see a continuation? Well, I'll have to give the people what they want. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we're going to go strong. I think the, the message is going to be, go win the game, and I'm taking it and you can enjoy your, your trip away with your international team, so go win the game early. So um, I think they might score, but I think it'll be out the way. I'll say... 4-1, there you go. 4-1, nice, nice hello. Ambitious. Bobby Firmino, hat-trick. Hello, and he's given the player as well. I, I mean, no holding oh, back. I mean, Steve, how do you top that? I will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, based on the fact that I think there will be some of the B team involved in this, and by that I mean like Minamino, Origi, uh, Simicast players are going to be chomping a bit to impress. And I think Forrest are going to go for it. They're not going to show us any respect and they're going to go for it. I'm going to say 6-3 to Liverpool. Wow. Oh, wow. There you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just trying to trump me here. I mean, uh, Pete, Pete is absolutely, you know... I've changed oh, for ten Christ. Ten he's, done, he's done you that. <laughs> Please shoot the ground. I, I was far that. too conservative with that. Well, I'm boring yours, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling... You know, somewhere in between conservative and um, boastful. I'm going to go for a free one. Yeah, a free, a free one. A nice, big, 
round Liverpool win uh, to, to see us through before the international break, where we hopefully will be continuing our quest uh, for a historic quadruple. I've had with me here today, uh, Steve Carson, Peter Kenny-Jones. Behind the scenes, we've got Rick Elliott producing. I've been your host, Farrell Keeling, and we've had, of course, uh, Dave Trainer from Dave's LSE, LSE Chats. Before we go, Dave, anything going on in your life with the podcast? Any exciting projects uh, you've got coming up you'd like to share? Oh, just look, I do two or three uh, live shows a week, podcast blogs, interview the likes of James Pierce, Paul Gorse, the lads off the Anfield, Rap, Redmond TV, the whole lot of them. Um, just look, it's a hobby for me. I love Liverpool. I love talking. I love life. I mean, we couldn't have said it better <laughs> ourselves. Dave, thank you so much for popping on here. It's been a pleasure having you on. And from all of us here, we've been the Rednecks. Take care.